This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. A little good news, bad news episode. Unfortunately, we're going to talk Ohio State football. Fortunately, we're going to talk Ohio State basketball. But before we get to all that, of course, this episode is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Brain Fuel. Head on over to B R E I N F U E L dot com and use promo code DTL15 for 15% off your order. That's brainfuel.com. The Ohio State football team looked like they all needed about two or three brain fuels in the second half of that Michigan game. But, Joey, before we start, I'm going to let you pick. The ball is in your court. Should we go good mood hoops first or bad mood football first? Andrew, it's just like when your mom says, I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? The answer is always bad news. We got to get this out of the way. You were there for the football game. I I would argue that I was in a worse spot sitting on my couch next to my mom, but that's neither here nor there. What were the emotions like? What was the atmosphere like? Obviously, we can talk ins and outs of the games. We're not pros. We just go based off of fandom, how it feels, how we reacted. We don't need to go X's and O's, but it just stunk. What, what were your feelings? What were the feelings of everyone around you? Well, there was one point where it was going into the fourth quarter. Every, you know how no one normally everyone holds up the fours. The crowd was saying, we're not holding up the force. It's not that kind of vibe right now. We are not comfortable. So right away in the fourth quarter, McCarthy scores. It's an 11-point game. But no one was really worried. No one was really worried because it's Ohio State. Scoring bunches. Stroud, Harrison, you know, crowd wasn't worried. Right. Then all of a sudden, I don't remember exactly the chain of events, but they didn't have the ball anymore. And then they had a a 90-yard touchdown. (laughs) And then they got a field goal, and everyone was like, okay, field goal. I don't even remember the two touchdowns. The first one, I was feeling, hey, this is probably over, but it's Ohio State. Stroud, come on, Heisman moment, still a chance. But then after the second touchdown, everyone left. You know what I'm I'm trying to say? Until the absolute last possible second, there was hope because of – you know why everyone's so disappointed with what the talent is on this team watching at home what did you did you turn it off at that point no we didn't turn it off ever um some of the maybe it's the athlete in me i wanted to like feel the feeling because like then you can be like i never want to feel this again you know (laughs) um but i felt it a lot last year but last year was different because you were like all right it's a fluke like they can win one. We aren't that good on defense. That's clear. They are the best they've ever been. Like it was bound to happen. It's at Michigan. It's snowing, blah, blah, blah. But this year it was like, Oh boy, this is not good. Twice. It's like fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again, but we did. We might in the future. It was, uh, I have had the same feelings when it was eight points when it was 11 points, right? Stop, score, stop. Or score, oh, stop, score. And my dad were just saying, get a, get a stop, any type of score, and we're fine. String a few stops together. 
They, this J.J. McCarthy guy cannot throw the ball unless the guys are wide open. They can't run the ball. We were stopping them. Get a stop, get a score. We have the best offense in the country and get a stop again. Oh, boy, were we off. <laughs> First of all, we went from it, – it's scary, but I think it was like a little bit of gun shy, like afraid to lose versus like trying to win, right? Trying to not lose versus trying to win. Definitely. I, I cannot believe we aren't going for it on fourth and two if we're anywhere near midfield. Well, I couldn't believe it either. Our 40 or their 40. Yeah, I just can't believe it. You you have the Heisman Trophy winner candidate now and one of the best offenses in college football, if not the best, and you're not going for it. It's crazy. That fake punt was crazy that it didn't happen apparently all over Twitter. The, the bottom line is for the first time in a long time, it seemed like Ohio State was outcoached, outmanned, outtuffed, out everything. Like last year was a fluke maybe. That's what the thoughts were. But now it's like, oh, shoot, like the rivalry is back on, which is kind of cool. We talked about that last year, right? It's like, you know, the again, I never want to lose to Michigan. That's not at all what I'm saying. But, like, the bottom line is Michigan and Ohio State are on the same playing field again. It, it You know, it, it, it's back. So, man, I mean, like, the feeling is brutal, not fun. It sucks. We sucked. But – Good news, bad news within the good news, bad news. Wait, I've I've two more things to say before you get to the good news. Or are you not saying good news is basketball season? No, the good news is that we have a shot at the playoffs still in theory. So what I was gonna say is I've heard a lot of people, including Tyvis, say they don't deserve to be in the playoff. They I might not, but that doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> I agree with that hundred percent, but I still rather watch them in the I rather watch Ohio State lose by 70 in the playoff than the playoff be Four teams, not Ohio State. So I, if they get in, I will be happy. I'm not going to say they don't deserve to be in. Oh, they're going to get kicked. They could very easily get in and win the national championship, and I'm not going to complain or be upset if they're in the playoff. But tomorrow night, tonight when you're listening to this, if Alabama is ahead of them, then it's, it's already over. They need to be five, and they need USC – to lose pretty, pretty handedly. Like, no, no. If USC loses, we're in. I don't know because it, the loss. Yeah, but it's a game that that Ohio State doesn't even have the opportunity to play because of the game that they lost. Yeah, but no, I think that they would look at. I think that number one, Ohio State is relevant relevant enough to jump people based on their name alone in terms of like ratings and behind the scenes stuff. Um, number two, their resume is like kind of realistically solid. They will have beaten, will, they'll have beaten a top 20 slash 15 team in Notre Dame, who knows where they'll be. And they will have beaten a top 10 team in Penn State. They lost Yes, they lost to the number two team by three scores or whatever it ended up being. But if you watched the game, you know that in theory, it was closer than that. It was really a one score, maybe a two score game that got, you know, at the end of the game, like it's third down. It's what you have to sell out to stop the run. You know, they're running. And if they hit a gap, there's no one behind them. Like that's just the nature of the style of play that you have to play when you're down. It's like pressing and 
basketball and giving up a layup because you are pressing and double teaming and blah, 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 whatever. Um, so it'll be interesting. Obviously I'm a little biased. Do I think Ohio state will make the playoff gun to my head? No. Do I think that they have as good well, of a chance? If USC, loses, if USC loses, you think they're in for sure. I do think so. I think, th- I, I think what if TCU loses, I think TCU stays because they only have one loss. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's, but the problem is if TCU loses and USC loses, then Alabama's in. <laughs> no, because by yeah, I don't know. I I think Ohio State is lucky they only have one loss because it should be enough to stay to jump. It should be enough to jump USC, but I I could see if Caleb Williams is incredible in the game and they barely lose. I could see the committee being like, "This is the team that can can potentially." I just think it's Georgia. I just think it's a perfect storm because it's not like they're it's not like Michigan's gonna be number one. So they don't have to think like, well, we can't have Ohio State play Michigan again. Right? Ohio right. State Michigan potential championship, which would be so crazy. Which is what they want. I'm telling you, like, I'm not trying to be this conspiracy theorist. I think the combination of Ohio State being just as worthy as any other team outside the top four, right? Whether you put them at five, six, seven, eight, whatever, I, I don't care. They're all outside the top four, so who cares? I know it matters, but I'm just saying any of the teams outside the top four, Ohio State is the most worthy in a weird way, I think. Interesting, interesting comparison. Who who had the better – who has a better tournament when there's a loser bracket? What I mean by that is, you know, would you rather lose the first game in Maui and then win the next two – or lose in there's the- a there's a way better transition you could have had Andrew. No, I'm not. I'm not transitioning like that. I'm 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 being serious because Ohio State didn't earn the right to play in the Big Ten championship. So if it was, I'm, I'm trying to think how I'm trying to frame this. They USC would then be getting penalized for winning enough to get the extra game. Right, but they're also being penalized for losing. Right. They have more losses. Right. Be, but yes, but they're the same playing, amount of wins. Right. But they're pl- right. They're playing one more game. Yeah. But that's why I think, I think there should be, I think there should be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, et cetera games because of situations like this. I think it's well, unfair to the teams that, that win and, get to the championship game. If TCU loses the championship game and somehow falls out of the top four, which we both don't think is going to happen, but if somehow that happens, then I, I mean, what, what else do you want them to do? You want them to lose in the regular season instead of losing the big 12 championship. I just think there's, I wish Ohio state was playing. uh, I wish Ohio state was playing Illinois or, Iowa this weekend so that if USC lost, they could say, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I I think what's, what's clear to me is that when they do the expansion, it needs to be framed like college basketball in the sense that we all know college basketball is the best playoffs in the history of any sport. And so make it as much like it as possible. And the way you do that is throw out the rankings for seeds one through five. If you win in the power five, you're in. 
if you win that championship. Yeah. If you're the Big 12 champ, if you're the SEC champ, if you're the Big 10 champ, et cetera. That's one through five. The other teams are the at-large teams, which if you're doing an 18 playoff, which I think it's 12, right, that they're expanding to. Yeah. Uh, even basketball season, so I don't really keep up with that stuff. But, um, like, if it was an eight-team expansion, then you have three at-large bids, and it's like, okay, well, Alabama lost in the Big Ten, big the SEC championship game. They're in. Um, Ohio State lost. They're in. And, well, let's see. Oregon, who won the Big uh, – who won the Pac-12, they played – uh, UCLA and UCLA had three losses. They're not in, um, but Texas who lost to Oklahoma, they're in, they only had two losses like that. Like at large bids based on. Yeah. You know, so hypothetically, if there was a, a 12 team playoff this year and Ohio state was below USC and then USC didn't win the championship game, basically the same exact scenario as now you think then Ohio state would be more deserving of the playoff. You get what I'm saying? Um, like, will the runner up, will the runners up be more deserving than the Alabamas and the Ohio States of this year? No, LSU has three losses. If LSU had two losses. No, if- no, I, I get what you're saying. I think that in that world and in the world of the college football ex- playoff expansion, like Purdue is the runner up in the Big Ten. They're not more worthy than Ohio State. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But there are plenty of, I mean, Alabama's going to play Georgia every other year. They're both going to make the playoff every year, you know? Yeah. What's What's cool about the playoff is that Ohio State's going to make it every single year. That's fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, we, we definitely want to talk about basketball, of course. We're a basketball show. Wait, I have the transition. I have the transition. We know I have one more thing I want to say about football. I have a question for you. Okay. So everyone's then I can do the transition? Yeah, but everyone's saying Ryan Day's on the hot seat. Ryan Day shouldn't be the coach. I know you. I know you don't agree with the sentence that Ryan Day should not be the Ohio State coach anymore. However, my question is completely separate from that. Luke Fickle is now the Wisconsin head coach. Do you think Luke Fickle's agent and people called Ohio State and said, if you want Coach Fickle, it's now or never? And unrelated to Day, just, hey, you know, if you're going to take this Wisconsin job, or, hey, I'm going to take this Wisconsin job, but, you know, Ohio State just lost to to Michigan for the second year in a row, they're they're probably not going to make the playoff. You know, give them a phone call and tell them that I I am leaving. It's now or never. I don't know if there was enough time for that to really happen. Um, And I've met Luke Fickle a couple times. I'm not going to act like I know him, but from what I see in him, I wouldn't be surprised if he a little bit, even though it's his alma mater, even though it's a dream job, it's a dream job for a lot of coaches. That he was like, if they don't want me, then I don't want them for now. You know what I mean? Like, if they're not going to call me, I'm not going to call them and beg. But I do think there was an element of him and his agent saying, do you take this Wisconsin job this year or do you wait for next year? Because maybe Ohio State's job opens up. Or does it not matter? Even if you're at Wisconsin, do you leave? Right. To go to Ohio State no matter what. I think Fickle in the back of his head knows that when the Ohio state job opens up, it is his to lose no matter where he is. And he's at peace with that. Unless it's Vrabel, which would be sick also. Um, But impossible. Impossible. Ah. People love their school. Yeah. But it's never happened where a successful coach that's making the playoffs every single year leaves. So that's why it would be, 
impossible, but he could have two bad years in a row. And day, I do think day's seat is, is it's warmer. Warm. And if he loses to Notre Dame at Notre Dame next year to start the season, it's officially hot. I want, that's crazy to say that road game that he, the, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I would love Urban Meyer to come out and be like, Buckeye Nation, you're crazy. Ryan Day is the guy. Like that He's would, not going to say that because he wants the job. He wants the job, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's insane. I Here's where I stand on all this. Um, do I think Ryan Day is the guy for Ohio State? Absolutely. Do I think it's crazy for people to say they want to switch? No, absolutely not. There's three things that you have to do at Ohio State as the head football coach. You have to compete for Big Ten championships and win them. Compete for national championships and win them. And if all else fails, you better fucking beat Michigan. doesn't matter how you recruit. It doesn't matter how you do during the season. But if all else fails, you have to beat Michigan. The fact that he hasn't, real, I mean, he's won once. Um, he would be 2-2, two and two, right, if they played in the COVID year. Um, Maybe. Michigan was terrible that year, Andrew. Um, he would be 2-2. Two and two. Like, that's, that's not good enough. You think about the other John Cooper – who, who was uh, underwhelming against Michigan is known for being underwhelming against Michigan. You think about Urban Meyer and Earl Bruce, who are born and raised Ohio guys who understand the rivalry. They do- they dominated it. So it's interesting. Um, if if you truly think Ryan Day needs to be gone right this second, you're crazy. But what can be true is saying he coached a bad game, but still wanting him to be your coach. Those can be true. I want Ryan Day to be Ohio State's coach. He's an incredible recruiter. He's an incredible offensive mind. He he develops guys into the NFL, and he has a great staff around him. And he has lost five total games in Ohio State. Does that mean he called a perfect game against Michigan? Absolutely not. He was outcoached. There's no doubt about it. So both can be true. We shall see. Next year is really, really important. You win at Michigan, winning cures everything. But if you win at Michigan next year and we go seven and six, who cares? No, you know? I know you're. I know you're. You're speeding this up and and talking hypothetically. But if he went seven and six, which is not the amount of games that they would play, <laughs> but if he went, if he went six and five, let's say or six and six would be the number or, or seven and five. He is not I don't think Michigan would save a seven and five season in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm obviously just yeah. kind of talking out of my ass a little bit. I'm but ready for the transition. Yeah. Well, Andrew, since 2011, Ohio State has lost to Michigan thrice, three times. First time being in 2011. Second time being last year, 2021. This year, 2022. The previous two years, do you know who they've played the following week in basketball? I think Coach K's coached Duke. Yes, the Duke Blue Devils. Do you know what their their record is against, the Ohio State's record against the Blue Devils in those games? I think 2-0. 2-0. So we play Duke again on Wednesday. Not to say that things happen in threes, but – the only thing that's working for the Blue, Blue Devils in this case is that uh, the game is in Cameron for the first first time of those three times, and Coach K is not on the sidelines. So, but besides that, like 
Notorious, notoriously bad coach, Coach K, not on the sidelines. Right, exactly. Um, who we've seen up close and personal. Um, that's the transition, Andrew. For many people have been in my DMs and in my mentions saying, it sounds like Ohio State needs to stop, stop scheduling Duke the week after Thanksgiving if we want to win the Michigan game. It's like, well, no, why don't we just win the Michigan game? Um, I, I agree that they need to stop scheduling Duke. No, I'm <laughs> kidding, because they didn't schedule Duke. It's the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which it's actually the last – Big 10 ACC challenge because Duke is ready to play some big time opponents like Mizzou and they're switching it to ACC SEC challenge. So Duke is officially scared of Ohio state and would rather play Mizzou safe to say that. Yes. Um, But how about Ohio state basketball in Maui played one bad half in Maui and it ended up um, being a bad half to not play well in one bad half though. One bad half. Uh, my takeaways are more so about the second two games than the first game. That And there's no reason to talk about the first game other than the fact that defense is such a huge part of Holtman's identity and it's been gone and back and to and fro over the last few years. Um, the fact that Sean McNeil came alive in that game was huge. The fact that we scored 51 points in the second half was huge but we gave up 51 points on the other end and looked like we were a little shell shocked during that game, which is fine because clearly we learned from it. Cincinnati was super, super impressive game from guys like Zed key and Bruce Thornton and Bruce Thornton rode that wave right into Texas tech. And we had the best offensive output of any team against Texas tech since when Andrew, the best game against Texas tech offensive Numbers, offensive output, offensive efficiency game. 2017. Correct. 2017. Um, since Chris Beard became the head coach, essentially. Um, uh, but, well, well, he's not the head coach anymore, but when he took over. Um, that game was a microcosm of hopefully what this season is. Justice Suing being the guy. Bryce Sensible contributing a ton. Bruce Thornton being super, super steady. And the rest of the guys helping out along the way. Sean McNeil got the scoring going. Isaac likely um, had a bunch of assists and a ton of rebounds and Zed key held it down, down low. Justice suing was the man career game. So happy for him. You heard coach Holman emotional after the game. Like a lot of people know it's very well documented how tough it's been for him the last year. Right. I mean, on top of the fact that he couldn't play through the injury and we were good, but not great last year without him. And, Oh, what could have been without justice and then coming this year and starting slow and playing in front of all his family for the first time really since high school for him and um, laying two eggs to start and really not playing well to then going superhuman. Um, that's the justice suing we need moving forward there. I think there's tons of momentum. I love what the freshman it brought so far. Bruce Thornton has been arguably as impressive as Bryce Sensible has been in a different way. The man doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, like, you remember how incredible DJ Carton was? Like, everyone was like, we need to play him more. We need to play him more. It's like, no, like, DJ Carton turned the ball over like it was his job. Bruce Thornton is so, so good, hits open threes, finds open people, and does not turn over the ball. That's so unbelievably massive out of a freshman point guard. I've been so impressed with him. Obviously, Bryce Sensible is great. He's got to figure out defense. He just has to figure it out. He's going to guard wings and fours, which is – going to be a struggle for him, but he's just got to figure out and he will 
when he doesn't figure it out, but does he? if he wants to play, yeah. I, 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 he didn't play against Texas Tech. Andrew couldn't guard anybody. Yeah. Um, obviously needs to figure out, figure out defense, but I, I mean more not what does he need to do to play and contribute to this team? Like, is his defense bad enough to where scouts would say this guy needs to go back to college for a year? Like, I, I don't know if that never happens. I, if, if you're in, if you're in Bryce Hensball's ear, are you telling him? Um, yes, I am because I want him to be the best player at Ohio if you're State. A scout, if you're a scout, are you saying, Hey man, we need to see better D or are you saying, Hey, keep piling on the big, the big offensive performances. I'm saying do what the coaches tell you. Um, work on what you need to work on. Like your offense is great. As long as your motor is good, we can fix defense, you know, which he has a good motor and he cares. Um, there are games where defense is a necessity and games where defense is not a necessity based on who you're playing personnel wise and team scheme wise. Um, he's going to have to play defense to play during the big 10 season though. There's no doubt about it. He'll figure it out when he doesn't figure it out. Luckily, Roddy Gale is fantastic on defense and speaking of great defense, Felix Okpara is the rim protector everyone in Buckeye Nation has been asking for. He's not as great on ball screen defense. He's not as great on offense. He can finish around the rim, set screens, but he doesn't have great hands yet. But he's been incredibly impressive also in, in doing what he does well, doing it well. Um, so I'm really, really excited. We haven't even seen anything close to the best out of Tanner Holden. Um, ice likely made one field goal the entire time in Maui. We went two and one Sean McNeil is, I love Justin Arns to pieces, but he's just a souped up version of Justin Arns, which is really fun. And the Buckeyes are ranked in the top 25. We said from the beginning, if you go two and one, you're ranked in the top 25 coming out of Maui. It's a very, very, very successful trip. And it was really impressive. Duke is super beatable. Andrew, like, like we watched, I know you watched last year. Way more beatable than last year. The problem is Buckeye Nation, brace yourself for not having a good whistle because they were going to get the worst whistle you've ever seen in your entire, entire life on Wednesday night. Um, but man, is it going to be fun? Their big men are not, they're not Hunter Dickinson. They're not Zach Eady. They're big, but they're not dominant. One of the guys played at Northwestern last year, Ryan Young. The other guy, um, lively, I think is his last name, uh, is seven foot, but against Purdue didn't have a basket. Um, their best player is a stretch four who's seven foot, um, Philip Pukowski or whatever, Philip Pukowski. Um, he's a freaking stud, but he's kind of soft, honestly. And that's who like justice will be guarding. I don't know if Gene's going to play. I bet Gene, I bet Gene will be dressed and able to play, but I don't know how much he'll play. Um, that would be great. Four men will be guarding their best, best player, actual head of the snake, their point guard coming back from the team last year. Jeremy Roach is dealing with a toe injury, which will be e- interesting to see if and how much and how effective he is if he plays. Um, but he's their actual best player. They've got um, another transfer from the big 10 Grandison coming off the bench. He's irrelevant. And then two freshman guards that are studs, but um, haven't contributed a ton. They had games in the PK 85 where Philip Kowski, who's their guy, freshman guy, 
had, would have like 20 points. He had like 22 points and nine rebounds one game or something. And the rest of the freshman class, they were all ranked in the top 30, went like 0 for 12 from the field combined. Like they are not – they are super, super talented bunch, but I they, they're young and inexperienced with an inexperienced head coach who we love because he's from the North Shore of Chicago. But it's a super, super beatable game. We're more experienced. We're playing with way more momentum. We're playing better basketball than they are. Um, it's weird, but there's not going to be many teams that are more talented than Ohio State this year, but they're more talented than Ohio State. So we shall see. Get, be prepared for a bad whistle. But the key to the game is if justice suing is justice suing, Bryce Sensible and Bruce Thornton maintain what they give you as freshmen and the intangible role players step up like ice grabbing rebounds and, and taking care of the ball, making assists, Sean McNeil making threes, Tanner Holden giving you a couple buckets. Um, Felix Alpara gives you good minutes because those dudes are big up front. I feel really, really good about Ohio State. Do we know what the line is, Andrew? I can tell you right now. Um, also, <clears throat> justice doesn't need to be 37-point justice. No, right. he needs, if he can give you 15, <clears throat> if he can have 15 going into the last few minutes of the game, and then, hey, you can rely on him to score. He finishes around 17, 20, whatever that number may be. That's that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for McNeil to have 18 in the second half. Yep. I do think, though, to win at Duke, <clears throat> someone's going to have to do something pretty heroic. There's no way you just get, like, even scoring across the board and a really complete game from everyone. You can win those kind of games in the Big Ten. Someone has to – Someone's got to show us something. Um, I got something in my throat. I don't know what's going on, but what about that, Andrew? Let me find the line because it's not current. But I also want to tell you about what's coming up on December seventeenth. I think this is the Tanner Holden game, by the way. That's I think it's a Tanner Holden game. Interesting. I want to tell you what's coming up on December seventeenth because it's maybe the greatest day in college. I saw that tweet too. Unbelievable. Um, I can't find the line on there. Let me look in here on Wednesday. You know who's the best player in the NBA, by the way? What do you call a sleeping dinosaur? Alexa off. (laughs) Um, what do you call sleep? Hey, Alexa, what do you call a sleeping dinosaur? It didn't work. Who's the best player in the NBA? Sam Hauser. I can't find the line right now. Um, I don't know what it is. What do you think it is? I bet it's five Duke five and a half. No, no way. I bet it's Duke three. Let me see if I can find it. What do you think, listener? Tell us right now. Scream scream back at us. Brittany, what do you think? Yeah, they're gonna win. <laughs> um can't find it so weird really not. Oh. i guess not let me see hold on i'll check i don't even have the sports books and stuff i'm in ohio i don't think it's up yet it has to be up hold on well maybe because roach is is questionable oh that could be it all right i can't find it if you find it great in the meantime i'm gonna read what's on december 17th it's davidson versus purdue and purdue's the greatest team ever that's the Foster lawyer versus Fletcher lawyer matchup. It's the it's the lawyers. Indiana Kansas ten versus nine, amazing game. Alabama Gonzaga, 
UCLA, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arizona, Houston, Virginia. By the way, besides Davidson, Purdue, all of these are current top 25 matchups. And then Ohio State, North Carolina. I got a question for you, Joey. Which game, if they were both on a neutral court, and we will talk about the North Carolina game, obviously, but so far, six or seven games through the season for these three teams, would you rather be playing Duke or North Carolina on Wednesday? I would I'm I would say North Carolina. Really not even close, Duke. Because mm. I Duke is inexperienced. North Carolina, they can just figure it out. And I think North Carolina can just outscore teams, like which would be tough for Ohio State to keep up with that pace. Duke doesn't not score nearly as much as North Carolina does. Does it matter that North Carolina just played a whole extra half? <laughs> well, I I guess I guess that matters, but um no, I just I think that North Carolina is going to figure it out pretty quickly. I think Duke is going to be good but not great all year, like top 25, maybe out of the top 25 at some points. Um they have North Carolina hasn't impressed me at all, but Duke I would take Duke every single time, in my opinion. All right. Well, there you go. Those games are sexy. I'm I'm so excited for the next, you know, week or so of college basketball. I guess it's really three weeks between now and that. Really just three months. Yeah, but I I don't like the Big Ten. It's too stressful. No, it's not. Yeah, because you lose to you lose to the Penn States and the Rutgers and and Rutgers is good, bro. Right, but it's just it's frustrating when you, good. when you lose. Every team is good. You know they're going to lose. You know, you know they're going to lose Northwestern. You know Boo Boo is going to have another career game against Ohio State. I'm just saying it's too stressful. At least right now these games, Cincinnati would have been a bad loss, but none of these games they've played so far that aren't. Uh, Eastern Southern Techs. Um, none of these games so far, if you lose this, the it's a bad loss. Seasons in jeopardy, seasons in trouble. Like Big Ten season, there's just so many games that you shake your head at the losses. I disagree. Really? I think it's hard to win in conference in college basketball. That's why it's stressful because Well, that because wasn't your it, argument, Andrew. No, I said I don't like Big Ten play because it's stressful. You but you're but your argument for that was because they're bad losses. I, I guess I'm I'm going to stick with that. I think I think if you lose to some of the the bad Big Ten teams, they're bad losses. I think that I think I think a, in conference it's harder to win, and that 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 that's relevant. But I get what you're saying. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is if. Northwestern, I, there's a better chance that Northwestern beats Ohio State in in two months than Northwestern beats Duke in the preseason tournament. Is is what I'm trying to say. It's just the games are harder and more stressful. Northwestern's playing Pitt right now. And they're probably not going to beat them, but they'll be neck and neck with Ohio State with four minutes left in three weeks. Oh man! Well, it is basketball season at least. It's basketball season. Ooh, I have a great final question. Okay. Final question. Whose seat is hotter because neither is hot? Holtman or Day? I don't like that question, Andrew. I think Day's seat is hotter. I agree. <laughs> but it's more it's more of a, a lot, a lot. It's of hot, life. like, 72 degrees. 
Whereas like a hot, hot seat is like a hundred degrees. Yeah. I, I personally enjoy uh, coaching searches because Ohio state specifically, it's the biggest, craziest names that come up for coaching searches at Mizzou. It's like, Ooh, you might get Dennis Gates, the, the Cleveland state, you know, yeah. Ohio state it's, it's, Ooh, is Vrabel going to leave? Is Vrabel going to leave the Titans? Is, I remember, I remember when they Williams going to unretire. Yeah, exactly. I remember when Ohio state was, when they were searching for Ohio state's coach after Mata was fired and all these names were like Jay Wright, Billy Donovan. It's like, what the fuck is going on? So I, I'm, I'm a fan of, coaching searches for big schools where the crazy names get thrown out there. Andrew likes following the airplanes. He likes tracking the private flights. You're like, where's the, who just picked up someone in Jackson, Mississippi? I love it. Oh, that looks like an Auburn plane. Oh my God. Deion Sanders to Auburn, even though it officially is, uh, is Q3 is Auburn. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I wonder where Deion will coach next year. Where do you think Deion coaches next year? Well, did you see you know how Lane Kiffin is denies every report? He said they were like, "Have you seen these Colorado reports?" And he goes, "Yeah, they're true." <laughs> so, about, uh, Dion said that. Yeah, about being offered the Colorado job. Yeah, love that. Um, all right, before we get out of here, score prediction for the Duke game. Seventy-two uh, sixty-seven, Ohio State. I love it. I, I I agree. That's the official drive the lane by <laughs> Joey score prediction. Tanner Holden. It's the Tanner Holden game. He's going to have like twelve points off the bench, three threes, and he, I think he's going to be big. The Tanner Holden game. The Tanner Holden game. You heard it here first. Buckle up. Oh, shout out to Denny. He's got a new song. Check it out. Intro. We love you, Denny. <clears throat> intro and outro. Make sure you get some brain fuel. Just lost my fantasy matchup. There's no, there's no football team to say beat for at the end, but is there a second basketball game before? Um, yeah, it's. Um, tell you who. It, it I have everything saved in my calendar. All the games. They play. They play Saint Francis, and I have no idea what Saint Francis is. Maybe they're the Knights. What is Saint Francis? They're the, you'll never guess it. They're the red flash. All right. Good to know. Hey, I mean, that's just a brutal. <laughs> terrible. That's just one Saturday at 11 a.m. That's a wake up for the second half game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat the Blue Devils. Beat the red flash. Equally. I'm rooting equally hard in those two games. <laughs>
with some bars, but you probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble. Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on Bumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. But no, we not related, homie.